Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I feel weird asking you this, but, uh, is there any way you could fly us to shore? Doesn't really work that way. I can sort of fly for a few seconds, tops. After that, it's more gliding or kind of floating. Plus, I wouldn't be able to lift the both of us. I clutched my briefcase through the opening of the backpack, hoping I could get to the revolvers before, whatever it was, decided to pop over for a bite to eat. All I saw of the creature was an immensity of dark, rubbery skin gliding around below us, draped in endless tangles of seaweed. And that foulness from the cave, when we were tugged beneath the waves, it it was there. I could feel it trying to worm its way into me as surely as the lake water. I extended my power around us. I couldn't risk that thing taking up residence in my sister again. But at that moment, the foulness wasn't my chief concern. If I could just catch a glimpse of it in the water, I might be able to get a shot at it. I could only use the revolvers for a short time, so I had to hold off until the right moment. But who knew if they'd have any effect? Romy seemed to have the same plan, her hand at her blade, eyes peeled for an opening. The undertow tugged harder at us this time, bringing us much deeper into the drink. Romy's eyes lit the murky depths, catching trailing lengths of seaweed and tentacles. Tentacles the size of tree trunks, trailing off into the darkness. They vanished silently into the swirling muck to no fanfare. Their unapologetic alienness burned into my memory. Another tug from the undertow and we were like astronauts lost to the void of space. I'd never tested its limits, but whenever my power kicked on, I didn't seem to breathe that much. Romy seemed no worse for the lack of air either, her reality suspension trick paying dividends, no doubt. But whatever advantages we carried down into the black, they were more than offset by the thing that came for us. At first, I took it for a gigantic boulder, the stuff of the lake bed coming into focus as we were pulled further downward. But it was a head, a massive demonic prominence of teeth its glowering eyes opening before us, all of its features confined to something vaguely horse-like. The green phosphorescent glow of its eyes easily overpowered Romy's, and the darkness around us became the slow crush of titanic tentacles.
The pale revolvers loosed a sound like muffled thunder into the depths. Their rounds blasting through the thing's left eye. The monster blinked the affected organ, a thing the size of a car. A glowing opaque mist curled from the wounds. It issued a roar somewhere the side of a bomb exploding, the sound sending a shockwave through the water. Its head disappeared into a massive plume of mud and shadow, barbed tentacles filling the void. And then I was out of tricks. The revolver's too cold for me to fire. I was weaker at night, and unfortunately, the same went for my guns. Thankfully, Romy was still packing. The scabbard where she kept her balic was only about a foot long, but the blade just kept coming, a magician pulling yards of rope from a top hat. She told me what she did to free herself in the hotel room, but I couldn't quite picture it. Even now, watching her, it was still difficult to wrap my head around. The blade itself was like a serrated whip, coiling and slicing through the surrounding water, a thin coating of blue light dancing across its length. Doubtful, I watched her swing it at the incoming tentacles. The blade severed the nearest as if cutting through butter. The devastated limb spasmed a sewage of green and brown filth, its massive bulk sinking, lifeless, out of sight. As Romy's eyes grew brighter, she began to flit through the water like a fish, slashing and cutting the tentacles wherever they appeared, sending clouds of blood and viscera through a swirling forest of falling flesh. Next thing I knew, she had me by the scruff of my shirt, hauling me upward with incredible speed. Reaching the surface, she used our momentum to fling me atop our overturned boat. She continued into the air before alighting softly beside me. I don't think we did anything more than piss it off. Uh, oh, man, and we're no closer to shore. Before we could even contemplate a plan, the lake erupted around the boat, the air filling with screams. Dozens of bloated corpses splashed the water white all around us, their liquescent eyes pleading for help. No doubt the creature's victims, the poor bastards that had drowned under dark waters or swallowed whole. I didn't know if they were looking for a leg up or company at the bottom of the lake. The flailing bodies rose into the air, looming above the overturned boat, their lower halves fused to long, undulating lengths of slimy tentacles. The horse thing, the kelpie, was likely right beneath us now, mouth stretched wide. It was a fitting end to it all for us, a horror show from cradle to grave, or gullet as the case might be. I nearly gagged as my mouth overflowed with a taste of endless sweets, rivers of honey, dunes of brown sugar, forests of pixie sticks, avalanches of candy corn. Looking down at the lake, I saw that it was no longer merely nighttime waters, but now running bright pink, with foaming white caps like cotton candy. There were even little peppermints and candy canes bobbing in the sugary waves. And from somewhere underwater there came music, 
The saccharine, submerged notes of an ice cream truck rounding the nearest corner, stuffed with frozen delights. It was all out of some LSD-inspired children's book. No doubt it was the work of the weirdo from the tape. But where he was and how he was pulling off the show was anyone's guess. The upshot of the whole thing was the monster's reaction. The corpse-tipped tentacles shuddered and shook, almost confused, and massive swells bore them all below the sweetened waves. Within moments, we stood alone on the capsized boat. We only managed to find one of the oars, but it was enough for us to paddle to shore, at the approximate speed of a sea snail. We were utterly silent as we went along, our ears bent towards the black water that had birthed the biggest aberration of nature I'd ever seen. But the night was still young. Maros finally came into view, and with all that had been whispered and screamed and nightmared about the place, its outskirts appeared as little more than a collection of squalid cottages falling back in crooked lines from the shore. It was hard to believe that anything on par with the forces we'd been tangling with called it home. The only thing that stood out to me was the stooping lighthouse that stuck up from the tallest hill east of the city. From what I could tell, it looked like its lights had been punched out years ago, if not decades. With the storm past, the crescent moon shined a thin gray light upon the beach, just enough for us to see by without resorting to Romy's eyes. We sat down in the lee of a large rock, collecting ourselves, thankful to be off the lake and off the menu. Despite the thing in the lake, it was the voice from the cave that ran through my mind. Sure, it could have been my power giving life to old dead dreams, as was often enough the case. But that wasn't the feeling I got from it. I'd been in some of the most god-awful places in my time as a dreamcatcher. The shallows of New Victoria, the city under the bed, the dreams of countless inhuman things. And never had I felt something so completely rife with utter evil. Worst of all, it was nearby. It was even in the water when the monster came for us. And it was most certainly in Marrows. I couldn't imagine facing off with it, let alone trying to defeat it. Was it the thing I had heard walking in the endless dark under Nighthead? Was it a completely different monstrosity altogether? As I sat there looking up at Marrows, all I could see was where I was most likely to die. None of it seemed to dawn on Isaiah. He was like a machine, in a bad way. His owners wound him up, pointed him in a direction, and off he went, heedless of what it might cost him. Why are we even doing this? We can't stop what's happening here. We should just get the hell out while we can. Deal with the consequences when they come. We're together again, finally. Maybe we can go somewhere else, live a real life. I'd rather deal with the esoterium than the shit crawling around this place. No, I, uh, I don't think you would. Think about it. The Eel King is hiding from them, not the other way around. There's a reason why these things lay low. Because we work for the biggest monsters on the block. 
They run practically everything, Romy. I always wondered when they'd ice Kyle for jumping ship. But they were smart, waited till he could be useful to them, and then let some pet psycho of theirs spill his guts. If that's so, why not send bigger guns than us? Why not send in the troops? It's not like they couldn't. I don't know, Romy. I've just... I've just seen enough not to question orders, is all. Hmm. Then spill, brother of mine. I need a reason, even if it's a horrible one, to set foot in that city. Okay, but remember, you asked for it. Not long ago, I'm on the hunt for this Exo, the Axe Grinder, an up-and-comer from back east. His murders made the papers a few times, got his little Exopath nickname, and he was off and running. I've been on the hunt for about a week, getting close, you know. Then all us hunters start hearing rumors about the Exos fighting with one another, congregating in numbers never seen before. No one knew why. Rumor was, when enough of these assholes got together, they, um, well, they disrupted things on a far greater scale than usual, as in breaking reality, as opposed to bending it. Anyway, we're told to exterminate with prejudice any exo we find, which weren't our typical marching orders. Next thing I know, my handler pulls me in, and I need to report to Exington, ASAP. Exington? The place the Order of Cromwell supposedly blew up for burning down a witch house? The same, except the, uh, the Order had nothing to do with it. I guess they called us in to secure the perimeter, track down whoever might survive. The Esoterium destroyed the whole city? All those people? Yep. You see, when I realized the axe grinder was in the city, I tried to sneak closer, see if I could bag him and get the juice on what was going on. That's when I see something in the sky. Whatever it was cast a shadow down on the clouds that flew over. Must have been three times the size of an aircraft carrier. And it, um, it moved. It was swelling and coiling. It didn't move like a normal vehicle would, let's just say that. It parked over the city. And then there was all this wind and weird chanting. Finally, there was this unbelievable roar. My ears bled from it. It was like hell fell out of the sky. Fire and lightning and shit I don't even know how to describe. And when it was over, Exington was a smoking crater. If anyone but my brother had told me that story, I'd have felt comfortable dismissing it. We don't get choices, Romy. We never have. Isaiah looked pathetic to me in that moment. A company man. A slave. His eyes were unfocused, sad, like he'd just come to the same realization. I'd been with the Esoterium all my life, and I'd always thought them the good guys. The ones who fought fire with fire. But there were families in Exington. Children. Isaiah was right. We worked for monsters. Isaiah stood and started walking across the beach. Maybe we should wait a little while before you try a sleep read. He was quick to start a new thread of conversation, changing the subject to anything but the last one. I stared at him, silently conveying that I knew what he was doing, and I didn't like the idea of him controlling the dialogue. He just sighed and bowed his head. It really wasn't his fault. He didn't know what else to do. This was all he'd ever done. What he was told. 
I had to let him off the hook. It's the best chance we have of getting a proper beat on the place, what we're up against. But, to be totally honest, I'm scared as hell. Let's face it, I was built for nightmares that live in New Victoria. But this, I don't know, it's it's a whole different ballgame. Maybe we can make it into a group effort. What do you mean? Since our abilities seem to get along, maybe I can uh, sort of cover you from the other side. I've been able to help you out in fixes before. Maybe we try something a bit more um, proactive. The idea made some sense. He'd been able to reach into my dream, push back at the forces that threatened me. If I could shape his power a bit, once I was dreaming, maybe I could turn it into something of a bulwark. Hmm, sounds like it's worth a try. We walked about a half hour into the hills that rose sharply just beyond the beach, and when we looked back at the lake, we saw a collection of dim glowing lights. It was the old woman's boat. <laughs> Looks like they found the rest of her luggage. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> what? What did I do? We were on the lookout for something on the order of a derelict hut, but what we found was nothing short of an abandoned house. It was an old ranch-style thing. Windows all broken out, doors missing, trees poking through the ruptured cement foundation. After checking for critters and squatters, we settled into one of the back rooms and went over the game plan. While talking logistics, my mind sorted through recent events, breaking things down, searching for answers. But it was my brother's question that made things click for me. What was it you said about the, uh, the cave entrance? That it was carved to represent the stages of mankind? Yeah, the face partook of the features of a lamb, a lion, a serpent. When I said the word serpent, my mind rushed through the images of the eel things, the tentacles of the kelpie, the serpent representation of the cave entrance, everything that looked remotely circuitous. I thought of the concentrated, illimitable evil we'd encountered inside the cavern. Jesus, Isaiah! I think I know why the Eel King's been staying put. He's sitting atop a goddamn serpent line. A serpent line? Okay, Professor. School me. It's sort of like a ley line, except it's the concentration of all the unclean energies in an area. The collected residuum of terrible events. There's a kind of geomantic quality to how it all works. An organizational principle that allows the energy to accumulate and manifest in different ways. The darkness just piles and pools until it begins to overflow. Moving along like the waters of a flooded stream, picking up more dirt and filth as it goes. So, all that nastiness we ran into down in the cave was like, uh, what, uh, an artery of concentrated evil? Exactly. And the confluence of these lines, a serpent's nest, could generate unbelievable amounts of supernatural energy. So our guy's just sitting in the middle of all that, soaking it up, getting stronger by the moment. Well, there endeth the lesson, Grasshopper. I don't know much about the nuts and bolts of it. 
We were only just getting into crypto-naturalism when I got pulled out of school for the job in Piedmont. So long as you know a hawk from a handsaw, I'd say it's a pretty good theory. Definitely explains why he's been reluctant to move all this time. Yep, and I'm about to poke my head down into the snake hole. I sure hope this plan of yours works, brother of mine. Cause if I'm right, there's a whole lot of hell coming my way. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. And the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.